Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where usually we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel and recommend the 10 comics you should be picking up this new comic book day. But today is not that kind of day. I'm your host, Dallas. <laughs> oh, and I'm Alexis. Sorry, I don't mind my giggling in the background. <laughs> I'm giggling too, and I'm Anne. And we are the Giggle Podcast. Uh, today's episode, we all just needed a little mental health episode to hang out with friends, have no homework, and so you get to hang out with us for an hour while we talk about whatever friends talk about. We asked for some emails. If we get to them, great. If not, great. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? We're here to do exactly what feels fun and nice to us within the limits of an hour because I have to go pick up a grandma at the airport. Oh my God. So. Which grandma? I thought grandma, grandma Deb. <gasps> no, so here's the wildness. My family came this whole last week and I was like, doing the like entertain your family dance, you know? And they all left today. And just by happenstance, my wife's family gets in today. They did not all plan this. And so now we have to do a second week of that, 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 families have such different tastes and personalities that we can't copy and paste the week. We had to plan two different trips for them all. And so today we pick up the second, my in-laws. So I told mom, I don't ever want her to come home because she went to New York fashion week without me and didn't even realize it was happening. And I told her never to come home. Yeah, we went and we saw the setup for the Met Gala. We were in the Met the day they were setting it up. On accident. We didn't know it was happening. I know. I hate we just you all. cruised into the Met Gala like, oh, hi. Oh, oops. We were here for the Van... in the wilderness. We were here for the Van Goghs, but this is nice. Shut up. Did, did you dress up too just by happenstance? Probably. I mean, every yeah, day probably. is fashion week for Dallas, but. True. Yo. <laughs> So, but this gets into what I've been talking about with before. I made Alexis push record because I'm going to commodify this information. I learned about something called the Sekhmet hypothesis, which I only remember because it's named after an Egyptian goddess. has nothing to do with her, but I remember the name. And that it's every 11 years, the magnetic poles flip, right? And there's a theory that you can mark trends in pop culture on those 11-year things and it yeah it goes from hippie to punk and so the last 10 years have been like people been into psychedelic drugs started (gasps) wearing loose clothing Mm -hmm. like weed is always huge during the hippie 10 years um people get long hair people like politically young people start to think a lot more free love communism stuff like that and then the next 11 years which started in, is starting in 2021, is the punk era, where clothes get tight again, hair mm-hmm. gets, like, short-cropped, people get into punk music, people get really into, like, coffee and cocaine, and okay. they, oh, get wow. very, they get very, like, F the man. And this theory, you can trace it, and it shows up from, like, 1965 till now, like, with very little variation it has occurred in this cycle. And so now I'm just sitting here in 2021, like I'm about to get ahead of this trend, going full <laughs> full punk Dallas. It's time. The fact that the Matrix is coming back, which dawned the dawn, the last, 
the end of the last punk era mm -hmm. was the Matrix number one, and now the Matrix number four is coming back at the dawn of the next punk era. Come on, forget about it. <laughs> we live in the Matrix, everyone. This is the Matrix. Wake up, sheeple. We're in the Matrix. Sheeple, oh my gosh. That's where I'm at this week. Guys, on another I'm, level. I'm He's just probably like, doing coke. What happens if it doesn't come back? I'm just picturing you walking down the street. You're the only one punked yep. out. Everyone somehow went more hippie. <laughs> You're just like, I'm waiting for it. It's going to happen. And <laughs> it, it never does. Never I just look like Neo from The Matrix walking next to a bunch of ABBAs. And I'm like, it will happen. Oh, my gosh. It will come. That's a version of Mamma Mia I would watch. <laughs> Hot take. Mamma Mia 2 is the greatest sequel of all time. Take that, Empire Strikes Back and The Godfather 2. There are a few things I could say about that. Okay. <laughs> I'll stand. I'll die on this hill. Mamma Mia 2 rules. I did not believe my wife. She's like, it's so good. I was like, it's Mamma Mia 2. The first one was not good. She's like, no, it wasn't. But the second one is amazing. She was right. Lily James, that's all we need to say. Lily, Lily James. James getting romanced by three horny men that sing their affections. Come on. That Waterloo scene slaps. Oh, oh, yep. Forget, Side note, like, this is a Mamma Mia podcast now. <laughs> who tricked you, Anne? Welcome to Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm so I've never seen either Mamma Mia's. <gasps> and no, and it's just... you have to watch the first as homework. You won't enjoy it. I'm it's sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's homework. You really know how to win me over. But the second thing. one, you're gonna hate it, but you gotta watch it. Okay, it gets more fun when you realize that all the actors were sloshed drunk for the filming of the first one. And so you'll watch and you'll be like, "Is he gonna fall over?" <laughs> They've all got like these foggy eyes, and you're like, oh, this is nice. And then number two, I'm so glad I turned off my camera. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, no warning. Um, but then number two is so fun. It's wonderful. Just listen to the soundtrack for it, and you'll get a good taste. Okay. I that's, will a, get... that's a good first step. I will get a good taste. Mamma Mia 2 soundtrack. Like bite. We're all yeah. going to become a bunch of Mamma Mia bimbos on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's me. What's new with all of you this week? That's a, ugh, that's a good question. Nothing. Go to work and go to bed. Yep. Can't tell you. Work, consume, Just, die. Yep. Reading comics when I can. Started... Another Legion of Superheroes comic because I keep going back to those. Those are like my good like go to joy comics just because it's like it could be any run. I just I just enjoy that team. I enjoy those characters. I don't need to follow their arcs. I just enjoy having them around. See, I've never really read any Legion of Superheroes. Really? Yeah, they show up every once in a while in things, and I'm like, well, don't you all look like a bunch of gay teens? I bet I'd love you. <laughs> I'll get to you someday. Oh, they're as gay as editorial would let them be. <laughs> Rarely gay at all. There's actually, I need to go back and revisit like pre, I'm not sure if it was pre-crisis or pre-zero hour, but apparently there were a couple of gay and even like a trans character or two in the Legion. Really? But then, yeah, but then like zero hour happened and DC said no homo. So 
they they said no thank you you're all straight now and <laughs> and i remember reading it like even in like high school i'm like this is bullshit <laughs> there's no way all these people are straight <laughs> you can't have a team of 3000 superheroes and they're all straight forget no. about it there's not 3000 okay 1700 my bad <laughs> That used to be like my big thing is I like used to brag. It's like I I can name more legionnaires than you, and everyone's like, no one cares. They're <laughs> all like, what MCU movie is that? And you're like, grumble, grumble, crawl <laughs> back into the cave. That yeah, that used to be before Twitter. Back in the dark ages, back when I first started reading comics, I frequented frequented internet forums because that was the big thing, Ooh. and that's where all my comic stuff happened that's where i like first found out about like the sinestro core war and stuff like that it was it's crazy go i I love the sinestro core war that is a good story yeah it's one of the only books i have an absolute copy of it rules i'm sorry i interrupted you though no no i mean i'm reflecting on like i call them my war days because holy shit (laughs) internet forms are worse than twitter i swear to god (laughs) nice out it's long strings of everyone talking about the same thing and everyone's quote tweeting everyone. There's like five fights happening at the same time. Like at least on Twitter, you can only go into like one individual fight at a time. The forum is just like a war zone. And you're just like, someone's over here arguing about Superman and Batman. Someone's over here arguing about Aquaman. It's just, it's a mess. Oh, yeah. And I, I relived it yesterday because Solis was talking about Aquaman and like we were talking about like the perception about Aquaman back then. And it's crazy to see like how far we came because I remember having to fight people tooth and nail just to convince people that Aquaman wasn't worthless on land, <laughs> that he was actually capable, like bare minimum capable. Because there were people, it's like Aquaman's more worthless than Hawkeye, <laughs> and I'm like, one, screw you, <laughs> two. <laughs> I was I I had very little tolerance for stupid people because I was a teenager and I was also a stupid person so I fully the amount of times I look back on like 16 year old me taking in comics I'll go back and I'll read them again now and I'll be like you didn't get anything you little dummy what were you doing just coasting through like man vibes vibes oh yeah vibes you know, like, I read things, and it's always a revelation. I'm like, that was a fully stupid person. Just, but he had good taste. I always go back and risen. I'm like, this was good, but I clearly didn't understand why. <laughs> so it's like a nice moment of growth, but also of like, what good were you? I haven't actually read any of these stories. Because, like, like I reread Kingdom Come recently, mm-hmm. and I was like, Little dumb dumb didn't even know what the hell he was reading. He's like, man, old man Superman punch shiny guy. That's insane. Who's the Superman with the Elvis cape? This is crazy. Oh my goodness. Captain Marvel, the Superman with the Elvis cape. Yo, did you know that's real? Captain Marvel loved, Mm -hmm. or Elvis loved Captain Marvel so much that that's what his old, like his white suit with the cape is Captain Marvel Jr. And his hair is Captain Marvel Jr.'s hair. When he hit his midlife crisis, he's like, hobo, hobo, I'm going to become Captain Marvel Jr., baby. <laughs> so I'm not wrong when I say Superman with the Elvis cape. There's like 
part of me that doesn't believe you, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to roll with it. And that's, that's incredible. No, I just, I learned it from super gods last week. And then I went and verified on the interwebs and it was correct. Well, if it it comes from Grant Morrison, they must know what they're talking about. So I'll, I was like, yeah, it got printed by someone smarter than me. I'll parrot it for the rest of my life. Perfect. (laughs) Gosh. Uh, yeah, so it turns out Kingdom Come is pretty good when you understand the difference between like the Silver Age and the 90s and the commentary going on in that story. But it's also pretty good when it's just Elvis Superman versus regular Superman. Yeah, it's just fun. It's, I like going back and revisiting stories like that because I recognize more and more characters each time. Where it's like, going back, it's like, oh, I actually know who Blue Devil is now. That's really cool. I understand how many Blue Beetles there are. So it's like, this is the third Blue Beetle. It's like, I know which one that is. Yeah. And K- Kingdom Come was nice because that was a book that my library, for some reason, I don't know why, but they owned the absolute copy of that book. And that was how I read Kingdom Come for the first time. And I still... I would still attest that that's like the only way someone should experience Kingdom Come is through the absolute copy. Cause it's just, oh, it's such a beautiful book. It's a beautifully printed and put together book. Alex Ross is such a revelation to mm-hmm. comics. I don't think he should draw everything. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, but his style for the stories that it works for, I can't think of a substitute yep. for what he's got going on. And I think that's why I like that absolute copy like so much. It's just because his work really, really works like when it's like blown up and mm-hmm. just massive. Like it's one of those books where it's like you can read it digitally. I don't think it'll hit you the same. Yeah, I. It's always so interesting trying to explain why I like certain comics in print and why I don't care mm-hmm. with others. You know, like I genuinely. There are very few image comics that I'm like, I got to get a physical of this. You really? Know? Yeah. Like, I usually just read them digitally. And then, like, once the compendium comes out or once, like, mm-hmm. the whole run is collected, if it's a favorite, I'll get it because I like to read physical better. But, like, there was a minute there where I was like, I'll get the trades for all the things that I'm reading on digital because I need that physical. And now I'm like, nah, don't care. Firepower is great. Chris Omni artwork is great. Mm-hmm. When they have a big old book of it, I'll get that. I will get so, to it. That's funny because I like, I read all of my image and independent stuff through trades because I feel like it just reads better. Like superhero mm-hmm. comics, I love reading them week to week, month to month because I just feel like they're made to flow like that. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the independent stuff, I feel like they fit better in volumes. So I'm, I like waiting for that and collecting those in print usually. See, I. I've been playing around with the idea of waiting for the digital trades recently because those are like five bucks on Comixology. Yeah. And they read better. But I have this weird little like nagging fear that if I don't, like I won't remember my pull list basically, (laughs) you know, like I will fully forget a book. That's just who I am. No, no, I get that. That a book exists if I'm not like in the, into the thick of it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, Lexi, before I forget, I need to ask you, because I don't think I ever have, what was the first comic you ever read? The first comic I ever read, I think, was Captain Marvel, because Dallas took me to the comic book store, and he was like, look, this is a pretty character that you might like, and that was like the very beginning of it, and I was like, I like this. I was like, 13. Nice. I I remember that day. We got you, 
Captain Marvel Volume 1 by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Mm-hmm. And me, uh, the first volume of Jason Aaron's Thor. And yep. we went and we sat in the basement and read them. And we we're both like, that was pretty good. You want to switch? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we just switched and both read them and like, all right, we'll speak again in two years. Yep. So goodbye. Yep. That, and now we're best friends. And now we're started. besties. <laughs> what, what was your oh. first comic, Ann? Oh, like my first. My first comic overall, I really think it was um, Ultimate Spider-Man Carnage. <laughs> and that's um, that was a hell of a choice. <laughs> I, I talked about it a little bit on my Patreon blog, but it's like revisiting that book, it is a scary book. The imagery in that the imagery in it alone is just horrific and like chilling and i think a part of me that like really likes horror really liked it but the part of me that was here for spider-man was really like put off by it because it wasn't what i was expecting you know it's like i was expecting happy go lucky superhero stuff you know and instead i got this alien clone thing that's sucking the life and blood out of people like a vampire and i'm like this is a lot and then like he fights a naked version of himself at the end. And I'm reading this in middle school, like, am I allowed to be looking at this right now? What is happening? <laughs> it was, my first comic was an experience. And then, like, after that, just jumping around from things the library had, I read a little bit more Ultimate Spider-Man. I read Spider-Man The Other, which was also another, I, you're giving me that look. I'm, yeah, you know, like, we give people good starting places so they aren't too confused or put off when they jump in. I didn't have that. I jumped in at all the wrong places. I'm gonna I'm like, I'm gonna jump in the story where Spider-Man dies and he comes back with spider claws for some reason. He's hatching out of a cocoon. Everything is bizarre and weird. I don't know what's happening, but I'm still here for it because it's a comic and I'm enjoying it. I got into the X-Men right after the decimation happened. Oh no. Yeah. Um so it's like, okay, all the mutants I remember from X-Men Evolution aren't really here, and some of them don't have powers, and there's a thousand more that I don't know. So this is a thing. Yeah. And I remember I got really into crossover issues in middle school because I was really into Alien and Predator. Mm-hmm. So I read Batman versus Predator and Green Lantern versus Aliens. And um, I read um, Superman versus Aliens too, which was so weird because Superman got face hugged, and had Whoa. like a ch- he was like depowered and had like a chest burst in him for the whole thing, and then like at the end he gets repowered, and his body. If you haven't read it, this is the weirdest thing. His body like reacts to it and pulverizes the parasite inside of him, and he like barfs it out. And it's like, what the fuck did I just read? <laughs> fully, have- fully crazy the strangest relationship with comics got and then like leading up to the avengers i started reading a bunch of avengers stuff and that's when i started to realize older comics aren't really for me because I, listening to characters say all their thoughts out loud was so strange mm-hmm. you know where it's like this feels so campy and i'm not sure i'm here for it and then yeah it took me until Aquaman in 2013 to actually start pulling stuff monthly and to realize okay comics can be good comics can be really enjoyable so i'm here for it mm-hmm. for good so see i i think i read so many things i didn't realize were comics like and i loved them like diary of a wimpy kid like i loved i read endlessly um captain underpants was great i loved just like any book i could find with like a visual aspect and sort of a cartoony art style i was like this speaks my language 
But it never clicked in my brain like that was comics until like a year ago. I was like, homie, you were reading them when you were like seven. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? But my first like big two comic, I was walking through Barnes and Noble and I was like, well, I love comic. I love superheroes. Maybe I should go actually try out some comics. So for whatever reason, our Barnes and Noble had some floppies just like in the mm-hmm. magazine section. And so I picked up an issue of Jerry Dugan's Deadpool and oh, lovely. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and like issue 10 of Superior Spider-Man or something. Mm-hmm. And those were my first two comics. And then I was like, okay, nice. this is cool. I should probably, I bet there's a comic book store. I, I remember one on the street by my high school. And so then I went there and the real first comic that like I got number one and really got me into it was actually Infinity by Jonathan Hickman that I like picked up number one on the shelf that had just come out. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it. I like what's happening. Who's this Thanos <laughs> guy? Who knows? Let's find out. Yeah, I didn't understand what's happening the first time I read through Infinity either. And I had been reading all the Hickman stuff. I was so confused. And like later when the Beyonders come out, I'm like, I'm out. I don't I I vaguely know this name from like the Spider-Man animated show from like the nineties, and that's about it. See, that's how people don't talk about with comics is like you have to have to really get everything out of your comics, you almost have to have, like, this background PhD in bullshit mm-hmm. universe, you know? But I'm like, when I read stuff now, I'm like, well, I know everything all the time, and so this makes great sense. Oh, love it. What a what a wonderful homage to this story from 1973. But when I was reading as a 16-year-old in, like, 2014, I'm like, what? What the hell is going on? Huh? Who's this guy? What's going Oh, my gosh. All right. Just hold on. It's nice when they're still, like, enjoyable and readable, but, like, I like it when you understand all of it. It yeah. takes time to understand all of it, but thank you. Yeah. Have my mom come and get the ferret because she keeps trying to poop in the corner. Love that. <laughs> um, what was she I be- saying? She belongs in New York City. Just wants to poop <laughs> in the corner. That's a New York <laughs> habit. A guy got onto the elevator with me yesterday that just fully... Had, he had pants on, but he had sagged, and so you could just see his whole butt was just mm-hmm. just hanging out. His whole bare butt, not underwear. I mean, whole whole cake was just whole. chilling. And he was vibing, and I was like, "What a what a day!" Thank you, random yeah. sir. He was like a fifty five year old dude. I was like, "Sir, New York sounds so much so much fun. This is what you don't see in the Spider-Man comics. You don't yeah, see exactly. Spidey's never down. swinging around and being like, is that a fully nude person? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember, because you were talking about reading things that you didn't know were comics. Did either one of you go through, like, a Sunday Funnies page where you read, like, Garfield or, like, Zitz or Foxtrot all the time? I loved um, Calvin and Hobbes and... Is it called Farside? Is that yes. what those? Yeah, both of those were my jam as a kid. Love that. See, my favorite was um, I like those. I read a little bit of Zitz. I really liked um, Foxtrot. That was my favorite. Yeah. Lexi, yeah, I... what was, what was your favorite Sunday funny? I I loved Garfield. I remember like go. seeing the little like colored in Garfield ones, and I'd be like, oh, how cute. But I don't remember us getting a ton of newspapers though. So. We didn't get them. I remember we'd go to these old diners all the time yeah. that had Farside collections. Yeah. And when we were waiting for our food, we'd just flip through those. And I blame my warped sense of humor on 
Farside comics. And diner comics. Because when I was 10, reading the diner comics, I was like, this is what humor is. And now I have just this abstract, weirdo sense of humor. That makes sense. You're a walking Farside collection. (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's me. It me. Because, like, my library had, like, the graphic novel section, but for some reason they put the comics and stuff like that in, like, the nonfiction section. Mm-hmm. So, like, they had the Garfields and stuff like that over there. I'm pretty sure that's why, like, stuff like Giant Days, like, clicks with me so much because I really like those exaggerated facial expressions because they remind me of, like, Sunday Funnies. Mm-hmm. And I just really vibe with the emotion in there and the, hu- the like, humor beats really click with me. And I think whenever a comic emulates that, it's... It's something really special to me. I like that. All right. I have a question for both of you. We are on a comic book podcast. We will talk about comics again next week. We've talked about comics every week before this. I want to know what your favorite movie is, Mm -hmm. your favorite non-comic book book is, and your favorite album of music ever. Ooh, those are some big asks. Let's see. They are. Oh, my gosh. Lexi There's, got the dog. The whole everyone, dog. There is a, a whole dog on the other end of this, everyone. You can't see it. <laughs> In this non-visual medium, we're going to keep narrating what's happening on our Hangout screens. Oh, she sees a cheese curd. <laughs> the dog is gripping the mic. She's Don't about to speak. drop the greatest verse. <laughs> oh, we can hear her. <laughs> She's eating a cheese curd. There you go. That's her breakfast. <laughs> Did you hear the questions, Lex? Um, I heard movie and then music, but what's the middle one? Movie, non-comic book, book, mm-hmm. and favorite album. I'm going to get booed off this podcast if I answer any of those. Oh, no. no okay, so is... you go first. You go yeah, first. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> ah! Okay. Just favorite movie. Favorite movie. Oh, that's a really good question. I might have to come back to that one, but I'll answer the other two first. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite book slash series, and I'm probably going to get bullied for this, is Twilight. I listen to it over and over and over and over again on Audible <laughs> in the car. That's what I do. Clock me. That is some uh, repressed something going yeah, on. Good for you. I'm getting Twilight <laughs> renaissance right now, so I'm not going to blame you for it. It's just pretty. It's pretty. But... Um, and then my favorite album of all time, like still, I don't know if it's like, it's not my favorite necessarily right now, but I'd say of all time is Taylor Swift's 1989. I that just remember a- like that year it came out, slapped, and it still slaps. So there you go. That album was a transcendent experience that I had to experience <laughs> in hiding because I was still deeply <laughs> toxically masculine. Mm-hmm. I was like, my friends can't know I like Taylor Swift. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go for a two-hour drive by myself. Yep. Just blast <laughs> yeah. the album at full I, volume. That is such a mood. I just, in this house especially, I cannot admit that I listen to Taylor Swift. It's fine. It's okay. There's this great moment in adulthood where you transition from needing to be cool to just liking what you like, I feel like. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was really transcendent to finally be like, I think Taylor Swift is a very talented art like i love taylor swift when a new taylor swift album drops i'm like hells yeah let's go listen to some good music and cry this is I wonderful will say, her new stuff kind of isn't my favorite you like, don't like to cry evermore and like folklore kind of not really my favorite 
they were I'm very not depressed. Mellow. <laughs> very mellow. Yeah, like, I don't need to cry. Those very much feel like those memes. It's like, honey, break up with me. I need to understand the new Weekend album. Yeah, no <laughs> That's a little bit like the new Taylor Swift albums. I was like, um, honey, drop me off in the woods and tell me you don't love me. I want to... <laughs> I want to feel ever more. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I will say right now an album that like just came out that slaps pretty hard is Olivia Rodrigo's Sour album. It's Beautiful. punk. I'm right. It also makes our 12-year-old sister depressed and she's never felt love in her life. So here we go. <laughs> I, li- I came over to the oh house the other gosh. day and she was bump into traitor by olivia rodrigo and crying i was like you have never ever been in a relationship what is going on you're 12 her animal crossing animals abandoned her probably probably our sister went from like seven years old to like 13 in two weeks and we're all reeling and also she's like i swear like six feet tall so i have now come to terms that i'm the tiny sibling and i'm like almost five 10, 5, 9. Yeah. I don't consider myself the... small. Yep. We I'm are a basketball team. We are yeah. a basketball team of a podcast. <laughs> I'm like six foot one, and I'm still the, besides my mom, who's like, I have no, she's just short. Um, <laughs> my brothers and my dad are both taller than me. So, yeah. Dallas is a big boy. That's for sure. Five six. foot four. Five foot four. No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm six four. Five. Six four when I stand up straight. Six three when I with my normal stoop. (laughs) With his hunch, hunch back another down. Oh, I was gonna say my favorite movie. Someone so. Favorite movie, Lex. Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, that's a good. That's a bad. I ugly cry during that one, every time. When the river goes down, and the music hits. That's a good. Just so we all know, you both of you will get, I mean, Dallas has to get an invite, but and if and when you're getting invited, and that's what it's going to be for me. For I'm your wedding? Create that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're going to have crazy rich white lady? Yeah. I awesome. think that's yeah. every wedding that's ever happened. <laughs> not that's a, just history. Yeah, that's just history. That's not a significant movie. Yep. True. Okay. Oh, Okay. I, I was laughing because you're like, you're like, okay, I need to know something non-comic book related. So what's your favorite movie? My first thought was, please say The Avengers. I'm just going to say The Avengers. <laughs> you're not saying The Avengers. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I feel that because like I have a couple of like favorite movies and The Avengers is one of them. Um, and the other one still feels like it's not a comic book movie, but it's still nerd adjacent. It's the, it's Return of the Jedi. That's my other favorite that's movie. That's such a hot, that's a hot take. Really? That is- I feel like that's the least popular of the original trilogy. Yeah. And you undeserved. are a stalwart defender. To the day I die, I like happy endings. I like good triumphing over... Triumphing over is that a word? Triumphing? I forget yeah, it. I, I like... Think, I think so. I think so. <laughs> touching father-son <laughs> shit. Like, where he cuts off his hand. Beautiful. Loved it. Healing. <laughs> Therapy. Here are my thoughts on... Oh, no. Return of the Jedi. No, I, okay, I agree okay. with everything like, you just said. I like I like it. It's good. I watched it at a young enough age that I was like vibes, vibes. I like this. Vibing you know? with the Ewoks. And vibing with the Ewoks. Getting high with the Ewoks, yep. just vibing. It's like a six-year-old. Um, the Luke and Vader stuff, phenomenal, perfect. That's easily if Luke is your favorite character, that is 
the best movie to watch. Yeah, As a Han Solo aficionado, I would like to know where he hid his brain for that entire movie. <laughs> because that's where Tyrion Lannister also hid his brain for the last half of Game of Thrones. My two favorite characters were like, what if we shit out our brains for the end of the series? And that's why Return of the Jedi has never vibed for me. Because I was oh like, Han Solo is my dude. And then he becomes a wife guy. And I'm like, heck yeah. You can be cool and be a wife guy. And George Lucas is like, no, you can't. You turn your whole brain to mush and disappear for a movie. Oh my and I was gosh. like, damn, okay. So that's why I don't I don't watch that one very often. Because I'm like, yeah. my favorite character is M.I.A. At least you didn't kill him like he wanted to. Word. They... Yeah. <laughs> The the drama of Harrison Ford wanting to quit Star Wars every movie is one of my favorite things. Right. That you always get to the scene where Harrison Ford was supposed to die, and then you can see he gets looped back in in an, like a later edit. Like oh, he wasn't gosh. supposed to come back to help the Death Star. He was supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. He like he wasn't supposed to get unfrozen from carbonite. He did. But like, you know that's why his brain was slow. He was dethawing still. For real, they still had the higher function part of his brain frozen. But speaking of Harrison Ford, that's one of my other favorite movies. I love The Fugitive. I feel like no one talks about it, but I adore The Fugitive so much. Yeah. Nobody. I was watching American Graffiti the other day, and he mm -hmm. popped up. And I'm always like, I love when Harrison Ford pops up in something I don't know he's in. I'm like, right. oh, shit, it's Indiana Jones. It's a good jump scare. It's beautiful. It is. Indiana Jones. It is. If you don't say that's your favorite movie, you're getting kicked off this podcast. Wait, wait, it, okay. Everything else is a lie. Jealous. Which one's more iconic, do you think? Indiana Jones or um, Han Solo? Which is the Harrison Ford role? I think Star Wars is bigger than Indiana Jones, obviously. Mm -hmm. But right. I think Indiana Jones is an inherently Harrison Ford movie. Yeah. I, like, I feel like Harrison Ford is the idyllic pulp hero. And those movies are the idyllic pulp hero role, right? Yeah. That makes sense again. They're very good. I rewatched the second one recently because it was my least favorite. And I was like, I want to see why I don't like this one. And turns out it's pretty good. It's racist as hell. I'll throw that out. There. But it's pretty good otherwise. <laughs> it's racist as hell. Give it a the, seven out of ten. The the female lead is not the best. No, it's racist no. and sexist. But if you're there for the white straight dude, what a movie. Oh gosh. Says the white straight dude. Exactly. <laughs> it speaks to me. No, I, I have to admit as my all bias. literature should. My favorite non-comic book book is probably The Green Mile. It's Ooh, good pick. it's between The Green Mile, The Stand, two Stephen King books, of course, because I have no taste, and also <laughs> Frankenstein. I really like Frankenstein. I'm reading it's Frankenstein so the first time this October. Really? Yeah, I'm going to read that, okay. and then I'm going to read Monsters that just came out. That's like nice. a riff on it. I would say... Read that, but then also <clears throat> make sure you check out the Junji Ito adaptation because it's my favorite adaptation of the book. It's terrifying. It's beautiful and terrifying. So, I think it's going to be a big Frankenstein October for Dallas Taylor. Did they not make you read that in school? I skipped it. Oh. One of the one of the joys of being smart is you just skip everything they tell you to read, read your own shit, and still Can't pass relate. the class. Can't relate. That was my entire high school career. People are like, you didn't read that book? And I was like, no. You just have to know basic <laughs> question and answering. You can get 100% on a book you did not read. That works most of the time. It doesn't work for some books, though. Like, we had to read this book, The Red Badge of Courage, in high school. That book I, 
I've never read a more abysmal book. Never in my life. It's boring. It's awful. It's paced like a slug. I just oh, trash. Flashbacks. Trash. Exactly. I need a button. Do? I need a button that I can click that says trash. <laughs> we need a soundboard. We need a like soundboard. I should have a soundboard. You oh should. my gosh. I, do you I will assign you getting a sideboard. Easy button yeah, you, you remember the commercial that that was easy? I got it in fourth grade and I brought it to school. And then I just push it whenever I finished the assignment or test we were doing. And my teacher had to pull me aside and she's like, it's really messing with the other kids that you're hitting that <laughs> so often when they're ass. struggling. You're a little that asshole. Ass. Oh my God. You're a little <laughs> asshole. My mom has told me that ever since he popped out of the womb, he's been an ass. She Beautiful. said when it used to be just the two of them, he used to correct her and he, would li- he was literally two and a half and he would correct her on the things that she would say. She said she used to call him actually because he'd go, actually. She was like, actually, I hate you. I stand by it. I stand by it. Okay. Um, your favorite thing. album? Favorite album. It is Into the Wildlife um, from Hailstorm. Ooh, I really like that one. And Lexi, before I forget, you gotta send me that playlist. Oh, I was making it. All right. Before I forget, Mama Mia is gonna be on there. Prepare yourself. Yes. Mama Mia. Make sure to put Waterloo from the Mama Mia Two soundtrack. That is a transcendent song. I start to dance around the house. Um, It's so fun. (laughs) Mama Mia Two is the gayest thing about me, for sure. Like there, there's say, there's a, a pretty big bucket of gay shit about me in the corner, but like Mia Two is the icing. <laughs> Love that movie. I will say ABBA and the Mamma Mia Two soundtrack. Like Mamma Mia Two came out my senior year of high school, and I had this dumb little job at this interior design store that I frankly loved, but I was always by myself, so I got to pick what played on Pandora, and I'd put it on ABBA radio. And all of the songs that would come on, I had thumbed up. So I already knew, like, and it would play in the same order over and over and over again because I had just narrowed it down to the point where there was nothing left. And so I would be, like, hipping and skipping around the store, like, jamming out to ABBA. And these, like, 80-year-old women would be like, you know who these people are? And I'm like, yes, I do, Carol. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. 17, leave me alone. I'm reliving Mamma Mia in this store. (laughs) Oh, I like it. Good times. I did have bell bottoms too, so it made even better. (laughs) Fantastic. Yep. Mm -hmm. Bell bottoms and crimpy hair. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, Two things. Fun thing that's happened from living on Twitter.com for the last year when everyone had to live inside. Um, I kind of forgot that, like, calling something gay is a negative thing out in the real world instead of a oh, positive you, thing. I heard about this. <laughs> oh, no. so I just, I like just now I was like the gayest thing about me. And I was like, I meant that as like a positive thing. And I was like, I want to make sure people realize like, that's not a derogatory term in my brain. And it like a couple weeks ago, it happened where I described something. I was like, oh, it's, it was so gay. And I meant literally, like it was mm-hmm. like a homoerotic thing that happened. And they gave me the dirtiest look, like, it's 2021, asshole. And I was like, uno reverse card, asshole. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Analyze your own bigotry. Um, <laughs> so that's that's a thing um, that happens when you're living in your own little bubble Jeez. for too long. But, all right, favorite movie ever. Mm-hmm. See, I... 
is it like the movie I've watched the most? I, you or is it question? I One know. That, like, gets to know. you. Because like, I have like five answers, but I'm gonna say the original 1997 Lion King. That oh, animated movie. Nice. I have watched that movie like 1,500 times. Okay, easy. Kovu. Easy. He had a Kovu pillowcase growing up. He I, loved I had Lion King two sheets on my bed when I was a wee like, lad. Can you narrow it down further? Because technically they're both animated movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, word. The live action CGI adaptation. Of the live the action with no live action in it. Live action, we used computer graphics movie. Uh, that, no, not the soulless remake. The original. The beautiful remake. Hamlet I, with lions. I'm still so mad that that remake wasn't any good because the cast was great. It should have been phenomenal, but I don't think no. they've done a good remake of those movies. I don't believe in the animated live action pipeline. I was like, I I had a brief moment where I was like, forward, it's like, okay, I'm interested in it. I vibed a little bit with Beauty and the Beast. I thought it was pretty good. I really just... liked the Cinderella, and that one's it. Yeah, <laughs> that one was I, good. I, I keep hearing that one's good. I haven't seen that one yet. I need to <gasps> watch it. Watch that, that one's good. Okay, that got it. Good. Yeah, the Camilla Cabello <laughs> one that just uh, came out. Watch, oh! watch that one. <laughs> no! James Gordon. <laughs> I think I'm, I've reached a point where it's like, I no longer have like any sort of like hesitancy saying it. I think animation is just a superior medium. It's just I perfect. I, I've said this like plenty of times before. I'm not sure if I've said it here, but someone described animations like you can have actors do the same thing a million times over and you still never have emotions as perfectly choreographed as you do on an animated character because you can manage every single little like expression or tick and everything can be synced up perfectly where you want it. It's like a, the director can literally just go in and move everything around with their fingers and you just can't do that with real people. And I think it just leads to a more crisp experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I... I'm blanking on his name right now because I'm a bad cinephile, but the director of um, the Polar Express agrees with you because his whole thing, Robert Zemeckis is his name. Yep. He did mm -hmm. Back to the Future. He did <laughs> so many a things. a couple things. Yeah, he, no, he did everything. Movies. He did everything. And then yeah. he got so frustrated that he couldn't micromanage humans well enough that he's like, screw it, I'm doing weird animation for the rest of my life. <laughs> And he just keeps making those like bizarre CGI, like Polar Express, Beowulf, um, Christmas Carol. He's doing all those. He's never working with humans again because he couldn't micromanage them enough. And I was I like, mean, what a mood. Good for you. Honestly, Zemeckis. yeah. Um, yeah, so favorite movie, I'm going to say 1997 Lion King. Uh, special shout out to Indiana Jones and Parasite. Love both of those nice. movies. Beautiful. Um, favorite non-comic book book. I really love Dune. I'm mm -hmm. so excited for that movie. I, I'm excited for people to talk about Dune with. Because I'm like, I have had no one other than like 80-year-old men sometimes will be like, you like Dune? Let's get high and talk about Dune. <laughs> like, I don't get high, but sure, let's do it. Let's talk um, about the spice. Let's talk about the spice, baby. Let's talk about Lawrence of Arabia in space. Um... And then I love Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is my other answer. Nice. And my hot take is Blade Runner is not a very good adaptation of that book. I like Blade Runner, but mm -hmm. it is not a good adaptation of that book. I, uh, I believe it. Yeah. And then my favorite album. I'm going to have to go 
American Idiot by Green Day. I think that is Classic. a phenomenal album. Like, no skips album. Even if I don't listen to it that often anymore. <laughs> my taste has changed. Like, but no, it hasn't. Every time I go back to that album, I'm like, man, this album slaps so yep. hard. You turn on Jesus of Suburbia and you're like, time for a perfect 10 minutes. Booyah. I used to be able to play that on bass. I miss those days. That is, that's sick. That is, yeah. That's my answer for that. All right. Should we do some right. questions from the people? Yeah, we sure. Should. We should. All right. Um, we were sent a lot of questions. So if we don't get to it on this episode, we will get to it eventually. <laughs> There'll be fun little peppered in later things. Dun, 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 dun. Glenn Machette. We have to have one every episode. <laughs> He sent two this time. We'll do his second one another time. He says, what comics make you laugh? Giant Days. Giant Days makes me laugh. I was going to say that, too. And I'll steal the other great one. Um, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen makes me laugh okay, all the time. Um, West Coast Avengers is really funny. That's an underrated classic. Oh. It's like I almost said Next Wave, but I don't want to give the author any attention. <laughs> That's how I feel going into next week's episode, because the OG yeah. authority, I'm like, that is a very good comic that I will not give bandwidth to. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, I hate that that list gets, like, bigger each week of people that oh, we just shouldn't give bandwidth to. I hate that. Like, why can't people just be good people? I read an interesting piece about it the other day, actually, while Alexis thinks about comics that make her laugh. Um, uh, it just talked mm -hmm. about how, like, in an industry built on, like, nerdy dudes, the allure of, like, exerting power they never felt in their real life mm -hmm. is seemingly, like, more overwhelming in this specific industry than it is in some others, you know? That's interesting. Like, mm -hmm. there, are, there are significantly less actors that seem to come up with stories like this, because, like... Hugh Jackman doesn't have to be, like, a giant jackass to allure women, you know? But, like, mm -hmm. Warren Ellis turns out does. It yep. does you know, that he has to act that way to get whatever power dynamic he desires out of relationships. And I think there's a really interesting wave right now of, like, nerd culture becoming the dominant culture mm -hmm. has, like, encouraged a lot of very bad behavior from a group that used to be on the bottom, you know? Now they're like, now I get to be the bully, the jerk, the like, whatever, because I am in control of the pop culture. And I would like to rave, wave a red flag at that a little bit. Like, don't become the people that you hated just because exactly. you're cool now. All right, do you have any comics to make you laugh, Alexis? I feel like I was going to say backstagers because I feel like it's yep. so relatable to my life that I literally cackled four or five times reading it. Cause so I was like, yep, that I, re I lived that I really did. And so it really made me laugh. So that was what I was going to say, but I'm also working on this playlist right now. It will be sent at the end of this yes. podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'm I can so link happy. it on Twitter for everyone to listen to my female awakening. I like it. <laughs> right, you should make that the title of the podcast. I, oh, I did. Do you yes. think I missed that opportunity? <laughs> you don't even All know right. who I am. Here are some questions from Sigurd Eldigan or Salise from Twitter. Yes. Salise says, I figured I'd send in some questions. So here they are. What character would you go out with that isn't your fave? And what's your attack. favorite? 
What's your favorite comic featuring your least favorite character? Um. Mm-hmm. Favorite I feel like I'd go on a date with Spider-Woman. Hells yeah. Yeah. There, there was a little awakening there when I read that. <laughs> Mute the microphone. Sort through those feelings. <laughs> he just leans back in my chair, pulls out notepad, expand on that. <laughs> Maybe my therapist needs to do that. Uh, how about you, Anne? Who would you go, what not your favorite character would you go on a date with? Oh my gosh. Um... This, this is an interesting question. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm deep in thought. <laughs> it's like, because there's a difference between like me being like, oh, this character is pretty and I would go on a date with this character, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to find a character I would like vibe with. I feel like I would vibe with. Um, thinking. I find Monet fascinating, but I think she would bully me. That. <laughs> that's a mood because <laughs> i'm like emma frost would be fun but like no i'm not her. at that level <laughs> i'm like i would be terrified i'm like i need to be good enough for emma frost and i am not at that level <laughs> yeah um kitty pride would be fun mm-hmm. she would uh, she would proverbially blue ball you i'm she is the meanest <laughs> She is the meanest girl in comics. I have beef with Kitty Pride. The um, amount of women that she has left heartbroken on her past is too damn high. It's not her fault. It's editorial's it fault. It is her fault. No, at this <laughs> point, it's a character bit. Um, oh, I'm going to say Kate Bishop. I think she and I would have a good time. Even though she is one of my faves, but not my fave fave. I like Kate Bishop a lot. All right. It is allowed. All right. And then what's your favorite comic featuring your least favorite character? I'm going to say the ultimate, uh, Johnny Kate's first half of his Venom run. I go on record saying I don't like symbiotes very much, but up till absolute carnage. I think that is a very, very good book. I did not mind blue Spider-Man. Spider-Man blue out there. Yep. And that's all I will say. (laughs) I like that you called it blue Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You couldn't even give I was it. like, did Spider-Man go through like a Superman thing where he split and there was a red <laughs> Spider-Man and a blue Spider-Man? Spider-Man blue. I'm going to say probably Timian's Joker that's going on right now. Because yeah. it's got Joker and it's got Punchline in it. So I'm not big on Punchline. Neither, <laughs> that backup story is not great, but I like the book overall. So I'm going to say that. I dig. All right, this is a fun one. Uh, hey, y'all. Hope your week ends up going spectacularly. I just have one question. If you could cross over one indie comic with one of mm-hmm. the big two, a la Black Hammer and JLA, what would it be? For me, mm-hmm. it would be Giant Days plus Guardians of the Galaxy solving a mystery. I think the personalities would be great. The interactions would be to die for. The return of Noir Susan. And with Esther, they could get to DeGroot. Of the mystery. <laughs> Wait, who sent this in? Uh, have a great day. Ed likes things. Eduardo Reds. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yes. I thought that was a very fun question. <laughs> who do we want to see crossover? Um, I 
I've got my answer while you guys think. I want to see Hellboy and Doctor Doom crossover. Okay. Okay. I think Pop off. They are perfect. Doctor Doom, like dark sorcerer, wizard. Tell me he wouldn't vibe with the Ogdru Jihad. Come on. He's like <laughs> the most pulp camp arch villain ever. And I feel like I could see Hellboy crash landing through the roof of Doom's castle. And they would have a jolly good adventure that crossed over with plenty of tentacle monsters to soothe my Cthulhu need. Of, there's a Cthulhu quotient for every year of comics that has to be met. And right now, Defenders issue three looks like it's going to fulfill some of my Cthulhu quotient. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking, like, because there's a lot of fun ones. I'm thinking, like, what happens if, like, I'm not sure if anyone's reading Noctera right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Something is killing the children, but with Elsa Bloodstone. Oh. Do Elsa Bloodstone or Blade or even just, like, the Midnight Suns. Just just do it. Marvel Supernatural stuff. Something is killing the children. I want to see it. That would be dope. I would love to see Erica Slaughter as a member of the Midnight Suns. That would be sick. That would be cool. Good pick. Good pick. Yes. All right, Alexis. What I do you feel think? like I would like specifically the character Sasha from Backstagers to hang out with Aquaman. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I would like to see them <laughs> underwater together because I feel like that would just be a shit show the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Because I, I don't can't. know if Dal's read the whole thing. We'll never know. He did. I did. He claims he did, but we'll we'll never know because he wasn't on the show. So, I feel like just the sheer energy of Sasha would freak the f out of Aquaman. So, <laughs> could you? You're like, like two feet tall. Could you chill you out of this ocean? Get gone. <laughs> I'm here for it. I like it. All right, this will be the last question for this episode. Again. We will get to all the questions eventually, everybody. Uh, thank you for the outpouring of love for the Comics Collective. Yes. All right. This is from Cole from the YouTube channel Critical Rants. He says, hi, Dallas, Alexis, and Anne. I hope you're all doing well and having a fun and relaxing chat so far. My questions, yes, I have several of them, are as follows. What's been one of your favorite aspects of being on the Comics Collective podcast so far? I like talking to my friends. <laughs> I like I like talking to friends. It's nice to like I like I've never had like this where I can have just like this open dialogue about comics before because it's just like I feel like I'm either talking to random people on the internet just like shouting out thoughts everywhere, but this is like a nice back and forth and it's good to have that because I've never had like people in my life that I talk about this stuff with so it's. It's so relaxing. It's so nice. I really appreciate both of you guys. So Yeah. I really appreciate both of you too. And I agree with that. And it's nice to have like Twitter is its own little demon where it can be really fun some days, but then other days it's just like very emotionally exhausting. Cause you're like, I feel pulled upon by all of these parasocial relationships. Yep. You know? And so I'm like, someone's got beef with me because I didn't respond to them when I have never seen their face ever. <laughs> I'm like, you are a picture in my phone. Like, I think you're nice, 
I think you're whatever, but you are a picture in my phone to a, de- a, a certain degree, you know? Right. And so it's nice to like once a week hop on, turn on our cameras, see your lovely faces and just talk and hang out and be excited. And like, I know both of you well enough now that I know where you're coming from. There are mm-hmm. very few miscommunications, Yeah. you know, it's just nice. It's, it feels like a little safe spot. I like the cameras a lot more because quite honestly, before we had Anne on here, me and Dallas never had the cameras on ever. We never saw each other's face, which I realize like is what the thing I look forward to the most now. So I like my friends. I like You're like, I wonder if he got fat in the last week. Let's no. see. Oh. Ooh, who didn't do their hair today? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. That was me today. Me. I'm the only one with done hair today. Wow. Hmm. You just have to whip it and you're fine. Whip it. All right. What are some of your favorite adaptations of comic book stories? Oh. That's interesting. I feel like it's been kind of fun. I don't know who's been um, watching What If on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's been kind of fun to watch. I'm not all the way caught up, so we're not going to talk about it. But that's been kind of fun. Because, yeah. I mean, it's just like a different look. And I know that s- I've heard that some of the stuff is kind of relevant like the zombies episode or like mm-hmm. that happened or something and i don't know it's just been kind of fun <laughs> i'll tell you what i like the zombies episode of what if more than any marvel zombies comic i've ever read <laughs> the marvel really? zombies comics yeah they're so if you haven't read them they're so weird because of the superheroes they're zombies but they still maintain all of their like memories and personality they just oh. have this insatiable hunger now so it's so weird it's like Spider-Man's hunting down people to eat with the same like quippiness of Spider-Man. It's a bizarre <laughs> it's a bizarre story. That is weird. That is weird. Oh, I'm gonna say like one of my favorites. I, I have two, and they're both animated. They're both in DC. I love the Flashpoint Paradox. I think it was a great adaptation of that comic, even if the art is sometimes a little hilarious i love small-headed aquaman <laughs> with like his <laughs> tank of a body and his little like grape of a head it's so funny <laughs> he's so ugly god bless him oh my god <laughs> and i also really like um superman versus the elite i think that was a really good adaptation of action comics 775 and it's probably honestly one of my favorite comic book movies i just really enjoy that movie i put it on like several times a year I, i've never seen that so Really? I will watch it. I'll watch Definitely it. Definitely check it out. It's my go-to, like, I think it's George Newbern, my go-to Superman voice. Whenever I read him, that's the voice I hear. I like it. Uh, mine is, I'm currently reading the Walt Simonson Thor run. Mm-hmm. It's very good, by the way. Everyone. I think Thor Ragnarok is a phenomenal adaptation of the spirit of that comic, right. where you have so many of the characters, you have some of the events, um, but... Adaptations for me, I need them to bring something fresh. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I just want to read the comic. Like, if it's just going to be a one for one, I'm not that interested. And I think Taika Waititi bringing in his particular brand of funny to the Simonson Thor run made that my personal favorite MCU movie. Nice. And, so, and then I, I like honestly, that. I really love the Invincible TV show. I thought it was really great. Oh, that's been so good. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and final question for the show. Are you guys all super rad and wonderful people? That one is rhetorical, and the answer is yes. Best, Cole. Didn't even get a chance. No refute. (laughs) 
Well, if you say so. Um, I am getting the wrap it up signal from my lovely spouse. So do we have any final thoughts for our hour long hangout episode? No, it's just, I had a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun and my dog is losing her shit. Absolutely losing it. I will send a video that I just took of her because she's going crazy. Love it. All right. We, now that we've opened this floodgate, I imagine we'll do some more of these over. Oh yeah over the coming months but um going to the end of the episode script um if you liked the show and want to hear more from us through the week please follow our twitter account at cmx collective or you can find each of us at dallas underscore comics at and comics and at lexi taylor underscore one two three if you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review, and we will read it off on the show. I don't believe we have any new ones. Oh, sad please. Poor Shane. <laughs> Come on, Glenn. Leave and... us a review. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about leaving ours. Like, am I allowed I'm to leave a review for my own show? <laughs> I thought that, too, the other day. I was like, I might leave one. Let's do it, all Just three of like, us, but let's make up funny okay. names. Like so they still kind of know it's us. This podcast it seems Probably like there's Michael a lot Bendis. of back end work. <laughs> I'm gonna name myself. I'm gonna name myself Bendis and leave a five star review. Love it. Mama That's my therapy for the week. Really rates it five stars. <laughs> and finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail And we will see you guys next week for our episode of. Are we doing midnight or next week then? Okay, yes, we bumped sir. it. Bumped it back a week because we're all lazy. So come see us next week for that. So it will be very fun. All right. Adios, everybody. See ya.